No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zagman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where God compares himself to the dead Babylonian gods. They must be carried, but the Lord carries his people. What God purposes, he also performs. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah chapter 46 on Simply the Bible. There are many things I simply don't understand. One thing I can't understand is how God must have felt knowing everything that he did for his people and how they then turned away from him to serve lifeless idols. Yet, this was the perpetual problem of both the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah before they went into captivity. Now, in Isaiah 46, God continues to compare himself with the false gods the people were so prone to worship. But before we condemn the Jews for their foolishness, perhaps we should ask the Lord to search us to see if we have put anything on the throne of our own hearts in place of him, because that is the root of idolatry. Isaiah chapter 46 Bel bows down, Nebo stoops. Their idols were on the beasts and on the cattle. Your carriages were heavily loaded, a burden to the weary beast. They stoop, they bow down together. They could not deliver the burden, but have themselves gone into captivity. Bel was the Babylonian sun god, and Nebo was his son, the god of writing and learning. Now, in those days, when a nation was victorious in battle, they would give credit to their gods. It was the idea that our God is superior because our God brought us victory. Well, when Babylon would be defeated in the future, Bel and Nebo, their gods, would be discredited and put to shame. Now, the Babylonians made large idols. You will recall that King Nebuchadnezzar made a 90-foot-tall golden idol and demanded that everybody worship it, okay? So they also had large images of their gods, Bel and Nebo, and they would carry them about on the New Year's Day festival in Babylon. When the Medes and Persians conquered Babylon in 539 B.C., They loaded up these large idols on carts and the oxen pulled them down the street. So the picture is that of these oxen struggling, straining, bowed down under the load to pull a cart with a huge, heavy idol on it. But the idols were also bowed down as well as the oxen. Bel and Nebo could not deliver the Babylonians from going into captivity So they were humiliated when the Persians defeated Babylon. What kind of gods would be carried off into captivity anyway? Verse 3, listen to me, O house of Jacob and all the remnant of the house of Israel who have been upheld by me from birth, who have been carried from the womb even to your old age. I am he and even to gray hairs I will carry you. I've made and I will bear. Even I will carry and will deliver you. 
Now, what a contrast between the idol gods that the Babylonians had with the Lord, Yahweh. Instead of having to be carried, Yahweh carried his people from the cradle to the grave, from the womb to the tomb. Now, what a comfort it is to know that we are being carried by God. When children are small, they must be carried. As they grow older, they outgrow the need to be carried by their parents, and they want to be independent. Now, when our children were small, we took them to Disneyland, and in the morning, they were so excited and energetic and running about. But in the afternoon and evening, they became weary from too much stimulation. They were tired of walking and wanted to be carried, so we would pick them up and carry them the rest of the way back to the motel room at night. Now, when people grow old, they must also be carried. Not literally, perhaps, but they must be cared for. For the last two years of my mother's life, she lived with us as she had dementia, and my wife and I, primarily my wife, cared for her full time. But holding us all from the cradle to the grave and at every other time in our lives are the everlasting arms of Almighty God. He will never leave us or forsake us, and He is the one caring for us. Now that my hairs are turning gray and falling out, I think about God's faithfulness to me over the years. He has held me always and is still holding me today with His righteous right hand. He made me and He will bear me even when I cannot take care of myself. And not only does he carry me, but he also delivers me from all harm. So what is there to worry about? Now, let me ask you, are you trusting in the Lord to carry you? And if not, then what are you trusting in? Deuteronomy thirty-three twenty-seven says the eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will thrust out the enemy from before you and will say, destroy. Now that was a promise given to Israel, but all the promises of God are yea and amen to us in Christ Jesus. We can be assured that God is caring for us. In fact, Peter tells us to cast all of our cares on him because he does care for us. So are you still depending on yourself? Well, just let go and you'll find that his everlasting arms are supporting you. That doesn't mean that we aren't responsible for anything, but it does mean that we don't need to be anxious or fearful. He will bear you up on eagle's wings. And when you pass from this life, he will be there to carry you into eternity. Verse five, to whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we should be alike? The people who made idols made them after things that they could see, men or beasts. They made gods with their own temperaments, but then they imagined them to be somehow superhuman. But how can finite man make the image of the infinite God? God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And any image that we would make supposedly in the likeness of God would be a lie, and so much less than the infinite, transcendent, eternal Yahweh. 
They lavish gold out of the bag and weigh silver on the scales. They hire a goldsmith and he makes it a god. They prostrate themselves. Yes, they worship. They bear it on the shoulder. They carry it and set it in its place and it stands. From its place it shall not move. Though one cries out to it, yet it cannot answer nor save him out of his trouble. In chapter 44, Isaiah spoke of the craftsman who stretched out a line to carve an idol out of wood. Here he speaks of gold and silver idols, but the absurdity is the same. What kind of a God would it be if you bear him on your shoulder? What kind of God stands in one place and cannot move? What kind of God cannot speak or save? And then why would you worship it when it's such a lifeless thing made out of mere metal? Remember this and show yourselves men. Recall to mind, O you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. God calls him to remember the former things of old, how he delivered them from the bondage of Egypt and parted the Red Sea, how he fed them with manna in the wilderness for 40 years and also provided water from the rock, how they heard his voice when he was on Mount Sinai, how they saw him going before them in the cloudy pillar by day and the fiery pillar by night. There is no other God like him. He is incomparable. Now, they were not ignorant children. They were not senseless beasts. They were men, and God gave them a brain. Did it make any sense for them to serve lifeless idols? Verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Now, Isaiah wrote this in about 712 BC, and he predicted that Babylon would invade Judah and take captive some of the royal sons. That didn't happen until about 105 years later. Imagine speaking to something with such precision so far in advance. Then he also predicted that King Cyrus of Persia would defeat Babylon and free the Jewish captives. That didn't happen until about 173 years in the future. How could Isaiah know these things? Only because it was the Lord who was directing him by the Holy Spirit. And God alone can do that because he is I am. He dwells in the eternal present and declares the end from the beginning. No other religion on the planet is based upon the revelations of an eternal God who proves that he is God by so precisely speaking of future events and then bringing them to pass. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's counsel will stand forever. Of that, you may be sure. Verse 11, calling a bird of prey from the east, the man who executes my counsel from a far country. Now that's a reference to Cyrus who would come from the east, and God ordained that this Persian king would execute his counsel. Indeed, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Whatever God purposes, he will do, and no one can stop his hand. No one can say to him, what are you doing? 
Listen, if this pandemic hasn't shown us anything else, it should show us that man is not in control. He can't control nature, and he certainly cannot control God. This should give us great confidence in prayer for where God has declared his purpose in his word, then we can pray with certainty that he will hear us and perform what we have asked him in faith. The secret is that we confidently lay hold of God's promises, his revelation in his word, and then pray accordingly. But when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith in the earth? Verse 12, listen to me, you stubborn-hearted, who are far from righteousness. I bring my righteousness near. It shall not be far off. My salvation shall not linger, and I will place salvation in Zion for Israel my glory. And so God was predicting all of these things in advance through Isaiah, telling the people who were so stubborn-hearted would not listen to his prophets, would not turn from their idols, and were so far from his righteousness. Nevertheless, he would bring salvation. Yes, he would bring them into Babylonian captivity for 70 years, but then he would raise up Cyrus to give the edict that they could come out of Babylon, back to Jerusalem, rebuild the temple, and God would do all of this for his glory. But he declared it all in advance to show that there is no one like him, and these lifeless idols could not possibly compare to the living God who exists from all eternity. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will see where Isaiah predicts that Babylon will be humbled for their failure to show mercy to God's people. They trusted in wickedness, feeling secure, but evil would come upon them. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible.